You're listening to Talk the Talk with Bill Newman and Buzz Eisenberg, WHMP. And welcome back to Talk the Talk. You know, we have been looking at school budgets. This is season to take a look at budgets. And um, throughout the Commonwealth, municipalities, cities, and towns are going to be spending the next couple months trying to figure out what the next fiscal year is going to look like. We have, um, yesterday we spoke to uh, Mayor Jean-Louise Sciarra of Northampton about the fact that the Northampton Public School District is facing a deficit of about two and three quarter million dollars um, for the next fiscal year. It looks like that right now their budget is somewhere around 36 million. It's going to be somewhere around 40 million. I think something like an 8% increase uh, most of which is going to be cost of living adjustments and salary increases. Dan Torres, this is right. something we just keep hearing about. Municipality after municipality is struggling with um, unsustainable costs. Yeah, it's uh, such a complicated issue, but I think it's probably going to be one of the most important issues facing us. Um, because what is Massachusetts known for, Buzz? Schools. Ed- what education. attracts people? Education. Schools. This hits really at the heart of Massachusetts. And by the way, yeah. it, it, you know, whether you're a town meeting, open town meeting, representative town meeting, city council with the mayor, over and over we see that there's such great support for our schools. Yeah. Generally speaking, it's, yeah. a, it's, a, it's an oversimplification, but I think that's what we experience. And certainly here in Northampton, and as you say, in Massachusetts, there's a reverence for education. Yeah. But they spend a lot of money on schools. Um, I think compared to other states, I, I don't know the exact figures, but I would assume in Massachusetts spends a higher proportion of its state budgets, of its local budgets, and a lot of schools. Um, but the issue is, it seems to me like it's a combination of so many different factors. We, we have culturally throughout the United States, there are far uh, fewer kids being made. There are far fewer kids so going through schools. That's, that's something that's been happening now for at least 20 years, the last 20 years. Well, longer yeah. than that. And, longer and, than that. And the, the, it's been declining. The right? fact so that, that homeschooling right. and uh, other options, charter, charter a bunch of right. other things. So there are far schools. fewer kids going through the public schools. Right. And that's where, uh, you know, per kid, they get additional funding for every kid going through those doors. You add health care costs. I mean, I've seen that. That has gone up uh, significantly, especially when you have a lot of employees. I mean, we see post pandemic. Um, a lot of new hires because they're dealing with mental health. They're dealing with social emotional support staff. So the schools have been, have been hiring to trying to help students navigate this complicated, you know, post pandemic world. And then you add in, you know, pension retirement, salaries, all of these things. And if school funding is largely dependent on tax rates, okay, taxes are, are you're, there's going to be more revenue because, you know, econo- the economy is still growing. Um, businesses are still, you know, still expanding in this area. The issue is the costs of schools just to run them and to maintain them means taxes have to go up. And then there's a cap, right, Buzz? You know this. There's, there's a cap on how high the taxes can go. Right. And Proposition then, uh, two and a half. Says and then it. if you add one more issue to this, that city governments are also responsible for everything except education, right? You have what? Roads. What do we have? Roads. Uh, other uh, issues, I mean, you have, let's go through them all. Police, fire, 
Um, what? Uh, you just have a range. There's new public safety institutions being built. I mean, and the money is being spent and allocated to other resources. But the school needs are just growing and growing and growing. And then you have a cap on the taxes and how high they can go. And eventually, at a certain point, you, you can't make up the difference unless you start cutting. Which I, you know, I don't think a lot of people want to talk about because you're talking about people's lives, their livelihood. They might have bought a home. They might have been living here, and then it's like, well, there's specific rules on who will get uh, laid off first on this. So this is an issue I think schools have been talking about internally, and I think we've reached the the point, the impasse, where we can't kick this down the road anymore. And now we need to bring this to the forefront. Um, basically is we need to have a conversation of how much additional funding can we give. From my understanding here in Northampton, if the school budget is held to 4% increase and everything else in the budget is held to 2.5, the deficit will still be $700,000 for fiscal year 2025, which begins in July. But we will need an override for the following year for schools because we need to, we need to raise another two and a half million dollars. Proposition two and a half over. Two and a half right. override, right? right. Which so you know, which which was how does that work? Is it the taxes the taxes increase by two and a half percent? Explain that to me. That you're, you're, there's a limit on how much you can tax, uh, and that's two and a half percent. If it's going to exceed that, uh, then of you the need the total a, amount of revenue that you raised the prior year. That, well, or we're talking about raising appropriate by okay. appropriate just by taxation. So right. So how okay. much can you? Increase your taxes. Your tax rate. Yeah. Well, your taxes. Yes. Your taxes. Okay. By two and a half Residential. Percent. All right. That's right. And okay. then um, the, there's also a debt exclusion. You can sort of ask the, uh, in this case, the council and the mayor to approve a debt exclusion so that you can borrow money in excess to. But that two and a half percent cap has to be overridden by a vote of, well, the legislative entity. So... In uh, here, it's council in, in Amherst, the town council, and uh, in, in where I live, it's by the people in an open meeting, open town meeting, have to agree that it should be we should be able to exceed that two and a half percent cap, um, which I think that's been like almost fifty. I think that came into effect in the seventies or something. Right. Because for a very long time, we've been living with that two and a half percent cap, and here, Dan, it isn't just Northampton; it right. is Amherst, it is Greenfield. I'm sure. Almost, almost every jurisdiction has this yeah. crisis where we love our schools. We want to see those people who are educating our children to be uh, fairly compensated for the really important work that they're doing. And at the same time, the money just becomes um, out of reach for yeah. municipalities. For municipalities. I mean, they can keep cutting, but at a certain point, I'm worried there's going to there's gonna be a, a reaction to declining services outside of the schools. I mean, you can, you, can, you can take away from one sector in your local municipal budget and give it to the schools, but residents are going to start complaining about being like, hey, my roads aren't being paved, and they're not being taken care of, and why is the fire taking so long? Are we going to you know, lose, start losing fire trucks? And if I say, you begin to dwindle down all the social services that everybody depends on, it, it's, it's going to be a challenge, I think, for both mayors and town managers to how to balance this because we you still have want to... the schools because this is the education this is the future this is what, what attracts people this is the future labor force this is the future you know people who are being educated here may stay here in massachusetts they're going to be looking for jobs you don't want to have their quality of education decline you don't want to have you know larger classrooms. i think classes. we have to revolutionize the way the schools are funded that's all i mean 
we had Mayor Shiari yesterday who was talking about the Opportunity Act, the Student Opportunity Act, talking about how those efforts which are made to sort of uh, equalize the playing field so that uh, marginalized communities um, have the same access to good education, quality education, um, quality facilities, quality educators, as do the more affluent ones. Yet, you know, our system is based largely on property values and people who actually own properties in a municipality paying taxes. And there's a limit, you know, in, in, in my community, in my town, um, we do have 1,800 people, but we only have something like 700 taxpayers because there's, there's that few number of houses that aren't renting. And, and you know, so to, I just think it has to be a, uh, it has to be a, a more intelligent way to fund our schools. Yeah, well, that I think that requires a conversation between the governor of Massachusetts and the town managers and mayors and the, the entire community has to be working together there. Um, you know, the Democrats do control all of the uh, levers of power in the state. So, I, and I heard from, you know, you mentioned uh, GL, the mayor of Northampton was on here, but so was Joe Comerford. And she said that she'll be working on this very issue of how to find additional sources of revenue. She actually assured us, assured us that she, she said as long as she's in office, office, she doesn't want to leave until she's fixed this fixed problem. problem, which is a big problem uh, because you know, we've talked about this with Max Page on these airwaves that um, the governor, you know, has been cutting taxes. This was a $325 million. In, yeah. The, in uh, the uh, short-term capital short-term, gains. short-term capital gains and other taxes. So in order to try to keep residents from leaving the state, which is what the governor believes is being, or is being told. And again, this is money that could be covering up or helping, uh, ameliorate some of the, the, um, spending cuts that I think we're going to be seeing in education, but where is the will in the Democrats? I mean, where is the democratic party stepping up? and figuring out a solution to fund, at least to reduce the pain that I think a lot of schools in this area are going to be facing. Because you can expect that state reps and the state senators, they're going to be hearing from a lot of angry people if all of a sudden the classroom sizes go from 22 students to 30 or 35 or 40. I, I don't know. And when you're talking about going. discourse over this issue, it was, it's interesting that you point out uh, that because on Saturday... I'm at home on Saturday when my phone rings. Mm-hmm. And it was a listener, a really well-informed listener, I, a really well-articulated opinion who said, began with, I love Max Page. But, and went on to say that Max is wrong when Max says that the data shows that uh, uh, wealthy uh, taxpayers and uh, businesses are not going to be leaving the Commonwealth if we increase taxation on the wealthy and on businesses, that in fact the data shows exactly the opposite is what Max Page articulated on Friday, a morning show. And then uh, this listener said, it's actually not true. I love Max, but uh, there will be people who leave. There will be businesses who leave. If they can make more money, they're in business to make profit. I, yeah. If they can make more money by, you know, up. If I could channel, if I could channel Max Page, I, I like that you brought that up. So I'm going to channel Max's Page's thought, and I think he would counter and say, yes. Some rich people will leave, but we could attract so many more people to move into Massachusetts if they tackled the affordability crisis in the state. Because this, I see this also ripping apart, you know, working class, middle class, poor families, everybody from every spectrum now is noticing rents going up 100 150 $200 per month. 
and people's wages are not going up that high. And I think this is creating a dilemma, not only here in Massachusetts, but throughout the country, that feels like affordability, basic affordability, is now being out of reach. Yes, by the middle class, who they're also ranting and raving about that. But it's every spectrum there, Buzz, that is really enduring these, uh, this just feeling like the cost of basic living. We're talking here not expensive things, like I need a new fridge or a new yacht. You're talking about rent, food, electricity, internet, you know, basic things that make modern life today are starting to feel out of reach. The price hikes of that have all gone up. And now we're, feel now we're feeling the effects of that on our economy. So I know the official inflation rate has declined, but it, we don't yet feel the effects of that. Um, and a lot of prices could be coming down. But I think, you know, there's, this is a real problem with the economy is there's such consolidation throughout the industries that there's maybe a handful of companies that don't compete. So if they don't compete, they just they raise the prices and say, what are you going to do about it? Don't buy it if you don't want it. That's so the br only so bring that home to our school, our school discussion. Well, it goes back to affordability, right? It, it's, what Max wants is you got to tackle the affordability crisis. If prices came down for affordability, buying homes or renting in Massachusetts, we would have an influx of residents coming in. Right. And so it comes back to that issue more than, I think, losing certain wealthy, high net worth individuals, as they call it. Right. It's more about we need to increase the population of Massachusetts. If we attack, if we tackle the affordability crisis in Massachusetts, we'll actually get more residents to come in who will pay taxes and that will increase the revenue. I think MTA President Max Page would love to be channeled by you, Dan Torres. I don't know if I'm channeling him correctly, but I feel like I am. Well, we're going to be back with Max Torres right after this. More Talk the Talk with Bill Newman and Buzz Eisenberg coming up right here on WHMP. You're listening to Talk the Talk with Bill Newman and Buzz Eisenberg, WHMP. And we're continuing our conversation, Dan Torres and I, about the Northampton's uh, budgetary shortfall in funding its, its schools. Amherst is also experiencing an uh, upwards of $2 million, I think. Uh, close to $2 million. Close yeah, to $2 million yeah. shortfall. Well, if you include the Amherst schools and the Amherst regional schools, it would be in excess of $2 million. Yeah, it's over. Because one, I think, is 500000 which is the Amherst schools, which is the elementary schools. The elementary schools. And then the middle school and high school, which is the regional schools, their deficit right now is $1.8 million. Which is a big deficit. I mean, how, how are you going to fix that? I, I don't know. There's, I mean... Unless they find additional tax revenue from UMass or Amherst College or uh, some sort of federal grants or state grants, I just can't see it happening. There, you know, there are times, look, there's no question I really want to see people fairly compensated for the important work that they do. And I, yeah. I think, you know, there's no more honorable profession or important profession than being a good educator, being a, you know, properly educating our children. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, we're seeing the consequence of having some people who are not educated, putting them into the polity and seeing what they do. We, Thomas Jefferson was right. We need educated people. <laughs> yeah. Well, Buzz, I had a question for you. How does, uh, you know, so we talk about Northampton and Amherst a lot on this show because of where we're located and, you know, the larger populations relative to more rural communities. But I wanted to ask you like, a, like Ashfield, you were, you hinted at it, you discussed it, but what, what issues have they been dealing with in terms of their budgets? I and mean, what has the state been trying to tell them to do? Regionalize? Like, what's going on there? Um, yeah, well, they did regionalize. In, in the, there was a big move in the 60s and the 70s to regionalize what, you know, we, 
What it's, really, it's so yeah. interesting when you read the history of Ashfield, just taking Ashfield, there's three histories that have been written. The first one, really early history, and then the second volume uh, brought us up to 1965, and then 1965 till I think uh, it was published in 2015, something like that. So there in Ashfield, we just, originally we had, I think, nine, maybe 11 little schoolhouses throughout our 40-square-mile town, little pockets of neighbor, and, and you had little kids up to big kids in the same room, you know, working in the schoolhouse. They finally regionalized, created an elementary school, and then did a, a middle school and, and a high school in, in a district. And it was originally a nine-town district. It's now an eight-town district, and we're constantly watching costs. As enrollment goes down, we're watching costs go up. Right. And, you know, I'm a neighborhood guy. Yeah. I live in the community, so I know the people who are teachers. And I know, you know, they need to be paid a living wage. And granted, right. they don't make here in Northampton. Yeah. We just had a Newton strike where people were making six figures. Yeah. Um, my son is a public school educator. He makes yeah. well into six figures. Yeah. Down in in Brooklyn and yeah, well, it's Brooklyn and New York. The cost I mean, of living, cost of living in New in in, in Brooklyn is is a little bit different than, little than bit it different. is from Ashfield and Northampton. Yeah. In Northampton, you know, you'll get seventy five percent of what they get in, in Newton, if that, yeah. for somebody who's in the system for yeah. a really long time. long time. But but in, you know, in Ashfield, we're always trying to figure out well, what was once I don't know a third or forty percent of our town budget now is well in excess of 50% of our town budget to educate fewer people. It's, it drives some people crazy. Yeah. So quickly, um, I wanted to know from you this. Um, if layoffs do happen, do the people who get laid off first, are those the most recent hires in the schools? Is that is That's that the following? way it's supposed to work. But it's so complicated, Dan, because the, con the contracts are complicated. So if... If the person who teaches English is the last one hired and you don't have an English teacher, right? You know, you might not be keeping the music teacher to, you know, who, who has seniority. Right. I mean, right. that's a that's a it, complicated legal question there, depending on the contracts. It's a complicated legal question depending on the contract. It's also it's a it's a complicated priorities question. We have to, you know, what's more important, science or English? I, you know, what I mean? It's just yeah. Well. It's impossible. I know what the state has been saying about that is science is science and math. It's the STEM things that are going to get to dominate the schools. That, that's from a man who loves data science. Yeah. Talking to a man who, you know, graduated with social thought and political economy degree. <laughs> anyway, that is, uh, unfortunately, I love this conversation, but we are out of time to have it. Um, so I do hope that you will join us tomorrow on Talk to Talk, and I want to thank you for joining us today.